So, I mean, it's here. Like the advent of take this pill to be fit has finally arrived. And while the long-term effects of using this drug for weight loss are ultimately yet to be seen, I personally see the use of these drugs to help those in need of like a kickstart themselves into like living a healthier lifestyle as positive for the society and for the fitness industry. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the 416 Fitness Club podcast. I am doing a solo pod today, actually. Um, Coach Megs has been away and continues to be away on vacation. So I decided to kind of jump on here. This is actually the first time I've ever done a solo podcast and um, tackle a topic that I've been kind of mulling over and thinking about for the last little while as we entered into the new year here. And this is really interesting stuff for me. Like I nerd out on this type of thing. Um, And some of you, I hope, will enjoy it as well. And, you know, what we're going to look at today or what I'm going to talk about today is the state of fitness in 2024, um, more specifically the fitness industry. And what I'm going to include in this is, you know, what are some of the trends that I've been noticing and, you know, what I believe will continue to evolve over the next year, because there has been a huge shift, at least in my opinion, in the fitness industry, um, including CrossFit. And there's some really interesting things happening. Um, And so I just wanted to kind of, you know, record a pod and and dive deep into what some of these things are. So buckle up and I hope you enjoy. So diving in here, one one of the first things I wanted to actually talk about is CrossFit. And CrossFit in 2024, as I see it, is much different than in 2011 when the gym first opened or even 20, 2009, 2010 when I first uh, started my journey in it. And in 2024, you know, I can already feel it now. There's, there's a bit of a resurgence and change of direction happening for CrossFit as a brand. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, in I believe it was 2020, right? kind of a few months into the pandemic, um, the company was sold and was in a bit of a flux, to say the least. And, you know, since that time, there's been two or three different CEOs. And at that time as well, like a whole bunch of other senior level executives were fired and hired. And it was just really hard, especially from a affiliates perspective to see any real direction in which the the company was going. Now, a lot of this might be very kind of hard or non-existent um, to, you know, the average gym goer. But for me as a gym owner, especially a CrossFit affiliate owner, this was very, very clear. It was, there's no direction. You know, our HQ, as they call it, didn't know where they were going and we didn't know where they were going either. So now, 2024, there is a whole new executive team in place. And to me, they've spent the last kind of four, five months um, trying to make it very clear, at least in my point of view, of where they're going. And, you know, to me, that that started for them when they were, they've started to really try to define who their customer is, and what their product is. You know, for years, CrossFit put the games, the CrossFit games on a pedestal. And 
there's some huge benefits to that, but they were never really able to marry what the games represented, which is peak fitness, to the everyday gym goer, right? And the gym goer is ultimately who their customer is. Like there is no CrossFit brand without a gym goer. So I think that now they're trying to do that and they're doing a much better job of highlighting the product, which really is fitness results fast. That's that's kind of what you see as the product of CrossFit. At least that's what's sold. That's what's told um, by those who do it to those who don't do it. And, you know, the over the past decade, you know, a lot of negative connotation has been built around CrossFit um, because the games has just been like the only thing that people see. And so from an outsider's perspective, a lot of people would think that CrossFit's you know, very, very intense and a little bit crazy. And those that do it, you know, are just, you know, on another level. And so this is not very enticing to the average person that is just trying to improve their health and fitness. Um, but now I believe that that is starting to change. And I think they're taking a more proactive approach to trying to appeal to your everyday average person. Um, to which they know that CrossFit, which is, you know, infinitely scalable, can have huge impact on their lives as it relates to their health and fitness. Um, and so the idea of or the things that they're doing that might be very visible to to you as an everyday gym goer is, you know, if you check out their their social media, if you go to even their website now, a lot of the content is produced and directed towards the everyday gym goer um, of all ages, all ages, all fitness levels. Um, and they're doing a really good job of highlighting that. Not only that, but also highlighting the main benefits of joining an affiliate. So for me, from my perspective, this is awesome. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I really do believe that there's a bit of a resurgence happening um, because of this uh, new leadership and direction that CrossFit HQ is taking. So I think the second part of their resurgence is them just kind of standing behind what they've always touted, which really is just cutting through the bullshit. You know, one thing that has always been part of kind of CrossFit's essence is that they're a disruptor of the industry. And so they do this in a bit of a chaotic way, probably, um, you know, but they've always called out the bullshit in health and fitness and wellness space. And, you know, whether that was through their fight to end chronic disease or their legal battles with big soda or even just their kind of unapologetic view of nutrition. You know, I believe that now today in 2024, in many ways, a lot of their viewpoints that they've had for decades now are being touted in more of the mainstream from people that are, you know, outside or have nothing to do with CrossFit. So one of the other things that's happening at an affiliate level um, through CrossFit is they've actually implemented a new rule or requirement, I should say, that all affiliate owners must obtain a level two CrossFit certification. So if you're unfamiliar with that, there's actually four levels of certification for a CrossFit coach now. They've just relaunched, I guess, the level four. So you can obtain that now. Um, but previously to this, all you needed to have was your level one. And what they have found 
um, you know, over the last 20 years of CrossFit is inconsistencies gym to gym in terms of quality of coaching and service. And so in their attempt to kind of remedy this problem, they are mandating that every CrossFit affiliate owner must hold a level two or higher. Now, for us, we don't have to worry about that. Um, myself, I'm a level two and have been for years. We've got multiple level threes on our coaching staff. Um, but from the perspective of, you know, what is this really going to do for gyms? I think it does raise, it does raise the boats a little bit. Um, at least it's exposing more people to higher educate higher education. Um, I'm a big believer that the level two is probably one of the best fitness certifications that I've done um, in terms of actually the application of coaching. And so, you know, mandating owners to do this, I think will just have a trickle down, a positive trickle down effect um, across the board for, for all CrossFit affiliates. And so hopefully now if you ever travel or you move, you need to go to a new gym, you know, the level of coaching is, you know, improving and that the level of coaching is high. And at the end of the day, if the level of coaching is high, then, you know, people are going to see results and want to continue going to those gyms, which will ultimately just create a stronger brand for CrossFit as a whole. So continuing with what I believe is CrossFit's kind of resurgence is they now have a, a new arm. Actually, I guess it's not that new, but they're kind of bringing it back around. A new um, arm specifically focused around health, and they call it CrossFit Health. And so this is kind of getting away from, you know, the Metcons and the AMRAPs and, you know, sets and reps and all that sort of stuff and focusing more around and I quote from their website, debunking myths and cutting through the noise in health and fitness information. So they're looking at all other aspects of health and fitness beyond just exercise. And it's a really interesting um, kind of initiative that they've got here. I don't know that there's a main sort of guiding light on it beyond just bringing the conversation to the forefront and it's super cool they, they they've actually have a crossfit health summit that's going down in february and it's got a whole kind of host of presenters and panelists um and a lot of these people actually aren't from crossfit so they're you know outsiders perspectives but really really interesting and you know some of the topics that they've got on the website here is the role of exercise in longevity and health um, lifestyle effect on chronic disease, the connection between metabolic and mental health, plus, you know, a whole slew of other ones. And I, I find this stuff very, very interesting. You know, I kind of geek out on it a little bit, but if you want to learn more kind of beyond just working out and exercising into, you know, what CrossFit's kind of view or, you know, different viewpoints on health and longevity and disease and, you know, metabolic health and all that sort of stuff. It's, they've got some really interesting articles um, and a lot of cool podcast hosts or podcast guests as well. So you should go and check it out for sure. That's CrossFit 
2024 in a nutshell from my perspective. A lot of po- really positive things that I see coming, um, at least from the HQ level, that I know will have a positive impact on affiliates and just kind of um, have a little bit of a louder voice and um, get into, you know, hopefully more consumers' forefronts in terms of what they do for their exercise choice and why CrossFit could and should be um, the exercise of choice. So for the next part of the podcast, I actually wanted to look at six different things that I feel are going to be at the forefront in the fitness industry in general for 2024. And I'd love to have more conversations about this. If anyone has um, their own personal take, you know, pull me aside in the gym and and let's chat. But as I kind of racked my brain and, you know, was preparing for this, there was a lot to pick from. I think there's a ton of things that are happening in the fitness space, as always. I mean, this is one of the most kind of evolving industries that exists and so there's there's a ton of things to pick from. All right, so your six trends that I see in health and fitness going forward in 2024. Number one is the whole concept of health and fitness. You know, health and fitness now is thought of as more than just kind of attending classes and lifting weights. Today's consumer is including many more elements into their definition of fitness, some of which are actually its own category in my trends for 2024. And this includes nutrition, sleep and recovery, longevity, stress management, um, and the list goes on. You know, the whole idea of a holistic approach to health and fitness is going to result in a much healthier population and is going to show what humans are actually capable of um, when all factors are considered with regards to working towards being healthy and being fit. So that whole concept, the whole concept and understanding or definition of health and fitness, I believe is changing and the trend continues to change in 2024. Number two is recovery. So everything from cold plunges to saunas to IV drips to psychedelic drugs, um, both at home and brick and mortar businesses seem to be making a huge surge into the consumer mind. And there's a ton of research now that's available about the effects of all of these things. My personal view is that recovery has always been a missing component for people when it comes to their fitness and achieving their goals. So the fact that the importance of recovery um, has come into the mainstream will only help improve what we try to provide our members at 416 and what other gyms do as well. However, I want to be very clear because a 4.30 a.m. morning routine that consists of meditation, breathwork, cold plunging, and saunas is not necessary to reach your fitness goals, no matter what the influencers say. So before you start doing all of that and focusing on um, recovery as like maybe the main driver for your health and fitness, start with getting seven to eight hours of sleep. um, And this will really and truly help optimize your recovery. Trend number three, fitness travel and fitness racing. So one thing that I paid very close attention when having hundreds of consultations and conversations over the last year are fitness goals. So while the large majority of people 
um, still includes weight loss and body composition changes their main goal. I have seen a trend of fitness goals that include things like active travel, you know, hiking, climbing, um, or sailing, as well as racing. So whether it's running half or full marathon, you know, a full triathlon or even an Ironman, um, or even these like fast growing competitions like high rocks, which are, are a combination of running and functional fitness. Now I see this just growing even more and continuing. And it is, you know, a massive shift that people are now thinking of fitness or using fitness to challenge themselves in different events or even explore the world in different ways. And, you know, this is, this is a trend that it might be my favorite out of, out of all of the ones that I've, that I've put together here because goals like this, um, they tend to provide unwavering motivation and dedication to training from people. So when they come into the gym and you have a goal like this, they're super committed um, to achieving it and doing well in whatever, you know, whether it's an event or whether it's, you know, preparing for um, a, a, you know, a hike um, on one of their vacations or something like that. I mean, previously, you know, we've seen this a lot when it comes to weight loss and people preparing for events or weddings and stuff like that. But now, being able to use your fitness outside of the gym or training to use your fitness outside of the gym, I think is an unbelievable trend moving forward. And something that I relate to very, very, very well, because I'm currently in the midst of training for a half marathon, as well as a new five rep, rep max back squat at the same time. So I can definitely relate. So moving on, the, what I see as the fourth trend in 2024 is individualized approach to health and fitness. So in the 2010s, there was a huge boom in group fitness. You know, attending group classes was all you needed to reach your required fitness and health goals. You know, whether that was through spin, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, or even boot camp. Now, while these classes might still be part of an overall fitness routine, what I'm seeing is a rise in more of an individualized approach to fitness. Every person is their own unique snowflake. So with the widespread availability of testing, you know, whether that's blood work or um, for metabolic you know, or organ issues or vitamin deficiencies, or whether that's body scanners for body, body composition analysis and makeup, or even food sensitivity testing. Results from tests like this will help point a very clear personalized prescription of how someone can improve their health and fitness on their on their own individual level. And, you know, you can include things like nutrition, exercise, recovery protocols, and all of the all of these things will add up into more of an individualized approach for people as they look to improve their health and fitness. Moving on to trend number five, which is technology. You know, this is probably a bit of an obvious one as most things today are evolving due to technology. But fitness tech has had a bit of an explosion over the last while, and I see this trend continuing. Um, there's even categories within this. And, you know, the first one that we can talk about are, are wearables. So fitness wearables like Whoop or the O-Ring or the Fitbit. These provide a relatively accurate measure of things like caloric burn, heart rate, sleep quantity and quality, 
respiration rate and step count. And all of those things can really help you as a consumer understand your daily health and fitness, um, as well as measure progress towards goals. So very, very valuable pieces of technology that are only going to continue to improve. Next in the technology category is home gym technology. So things like the Peloton, the Mirror, or the Tonal, these things have kind of exploded onto the market over the last few years. And while Peloton took a major hit as a company over the last year, the idea of providing quality services or options from home is a major plus for the industry and for consumers. And this is coming from a gym owner. Um, you know, time is always a limiting factor for people when it comes to their fitness. So having reliable and effective at-home options is amazing when you just can't make it to the gym. Is it a complete substitute for going to a gym where you're well coached, um, you know, and you're working with other people? Probably not, but it's definitely making its way onto the scene um, very, very quickly. So the final trend under technology in the fitness space is AI-powered fitness apps. So there's already apps out there like Gym Fitty and Artie Fit. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And what these do is they deliver personalized recommendations for exercise and nutrition based on the user's physical condition, health levels, and fitness objectives. You know, currently these apps offer tailored workout plans. And, you know, they'll adjust the parameters such as exercise type, difficulty level, reps, duration, and those sorts of things. But in the future, these apps will have the capability to analyze a user's DNA for things like metabolic and muscle structure differences, oxygen utilization, and muscle mass capabilities, which will then allow them to kind of spit out a precise diet, exercise, and lifestyle suggestion. So I'm sure that this is really only scratching the surface, but it will be really interesting to see how the marketplace adopts this type of technology. So the final trend or fitness trend for 2024 are drugs. You heard that correctly. So if you're not aware, there are Drugs in the marketplace, most notably what are known as GLP-1 agonists or glucagon-like peptide ones, agonists, which ultimately what they do is help lower your blood sugar levels and promote weight loss. The most widely known of these drugs is Ozempic. And so just to tell you a little bit about what these actually do. So a GLP-1 is a hormone that your small intestine makes. Um, and it has several roles. So these roles include, number one, triggering insulin release from your pancreas. So insulin is an essential hormone that allows your body to use the food that you eat for energy. It also lowers the amount of glucose or sugar in your blood. And so if you don't have enough insulin, your blood sugar increases, and that can lead, you know, on a very serious case to diabetes. Second thing that these, this hormone does is it blocks glucagon secretion. So glucagon is a hormone your body uses to raise your blood sugar levels when necessary. So your GLP-1 prevents more glucose from going into your bloodstream. The third thing that GLP-1s do is slow your stomach emptying. So this slowing digestion means that your body releases less glucose 
um, from your food into your bloodstream. And then the fourth thing that GLP ones do is increases how full you feel after eating. So the, the satiety of, you know, how you feel. So GLP one affects areas of your brain that actually processes hunger and satiety, um, together. And so GLP one agonist medications work by mimicking the hormone. Um, and so in medication terms, an agonist is a manufactured substance that attaches itself to a cell receptor um, and causes kind of like the same reaction as the naturally occurring substance, in this case, a hormone. So in other words, the GLP-1 medications bind to the GLP receptors to trigger the effect of GLP of the GLP-1 hormone. So the higher the dose of the GLP-1 agonist, the more extreme the effects. So, I mean, it's here, like the advent of take this pill to be fit has finally arrived. And while the long-term effects of using this drug for weight loss are ultimately yet to be seen, I personally see the use of these drugs to help those in need of like a kickstart themselves into like living a healthier lifestyle as positive for the society and for the fitness industry. I know there's a lot of people completely against it. You know, you know, they say things like, you know, people should learn how to create their own healthy habits and live a healthy lifestyle. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, well, using these drugs will help initially for people, you're going to have to stop taking them. And so once you stop taking them, that's when it's going to be critical to have built a healthy, sustainable um, kind of lifestyle and habits. And this is where gyms and fitness professionals can help. So the GLP-1 agonists seem to be just kind of like the first step on the ladder of the fitness in pill form. And I'm sure it's going to continue and more drugs are going to come, come out. And like I said, I'm not totally against it. I think that they can help, but you will definitely see this as a huge trend in the fitness industry um, in 2024 and beyond probably. So that is a wrap on my 2024 fitness trends episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, please like and subscribe our podcast. And we'll see you next time.